0: You there? Nothing so
1: much, man. Yeah, I'm here. You got it, chief.
0: Man, I'm playing. Let me tell you something. Before we start and dig into the show, I bought WWE 2K19 about three weeks ago. And you're talking to somebody who's played 90% of the wrestling games that have come out. This is by far the best wrestling game I've ever played let me give you three reasons why it's so real Three reasons. it's so real <laughs> it's like I like wrestling games where it makes you feel like you're in WWE you're on the Raw roster you're on the Smackdown roster it's just so good and then the entrances oh my freaking gosh AJ Styles has one of the best entrances on this game Finn Balor's entrance is amazing Bray Wyatt you feel like you Feel like you are a part of the fireflies, and just the gameplay—it plays like it's a real wrestling match. Like you know how in some wrestling, I don't know if you ever played—if you ever play wrestling games. Let's say, oh
1: yeah, I I played. I haven't played any in a while.
0: So let's say back in nine in two thousand and one, if Rey Mysterio, if you were wrestling Rey, if you were Rey Mysterio wrestling Big Show, Rey Mysterio would sidewalk slam big show like it was nothing
1: <laughs> No, wait a minute You're talking about what, what would it be like playstation 1 yeah playstation 1 maybe playstation okay. 2 okay no cause I had I had, <laughs> I had uh, which one uh, I had both I had Smackdown Here Comes the Pain oh yeah 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 and yeah I, and I had Raw versus Smackdown
0: okay okay and I
1: used to and, and you know, I used to I used to wrestle with Eddie Guerrero. I could not body slam Dave Batista. Okay, so they
0: they changed it all right early on. Yeah. But now it's like not even happening. Like it's just so real. I, I love that. I'm sorry. I've ranted enough about the game. Dante Preachers and Falls we're back for episode uh, gosh, I don't know. Episode six? Seven? Seven. Seven. Okay, man. Seven. We are the FCC. Vince McMahon, Cody Rhodes have not um, stopped the show. Uh, that must mean <laughs> that we're treading on good waters. We've got some wrestling to talk about today, but I'm going to throw it to my good buddy, Dante, for the intro.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Preachers and Penfalls podcast. Welcome to the congregation of this of the squared circle. Let's just get into it. So two things. Number one, I am watch I am currently watching SmackDown as we do this podcast. Okay. And in my right, I think this is like Smackdown from two weeks ago, but it's okay. Um it was so um, let's start with well some of the stuff that I kind of put on the run sheet is from outside of the ring. Yeah. So is there anything that you have in addition
0: to what I put? Lars Sullivan L- Lars Sullivan um is, yeah. I don't think it's he so presumably and these are all uh, assumptions or uh, I we don't know if it's verifiable, right, as his official account, but Some years back, before Lars got signed with WWE, he made some statements about Vince McMahon, Mexicans, the gay community, blacks, um, and a lot of that has, somebody posted the screenshots on Reddit. I did go through, read a lot of those comments. So did I. uh, Yeah, so, you know, my take on it, if those are Lars Sullivan's actual comments, He's a homophobic racist that really doesn't like Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Well, I won't say he doesn't like Vince McMahon. He called him out as being racist towards Blacks and Mexicans. Um, some of the, the the comments were kind of funny, to be quite honest. Um, especially the one that says um, white women would not sleep with Black men. Um, that, that he was talking to one white woman and it was she said that you know, being with a black man was a fad. I don't, I don't know, but it, 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 all of it has caused some controversy for Lars Sullivan. He even talked about mental health and those who have mental health issues, or I don't want to say mental health issues, who suffer from mental health. He said that they are weak-minded, and I found that kind of funny, I- ironic, because his call up to the main roster or debut was delayed. Because of anxiety attacks uh, i just found that kind of contradictory um, no i'm, I'm no, currently i'm currently watching bray wyatt in a beret in the Firefly fun house i love bray wyatt we're going to talk about that i love it the, the firefly <laughs> segments but the only wwe star who has said any statement regarding this has been has been biggie um biggie in the past has kind of stood up for his blackness i will say and he, he posted to Twitter um, a emoji, the middle finger emoji, you know, at Lars Sullivan. So, he's the only one that's really expressed his feelings towards this. WWE management, uh, staff, locker room has been made aware, you know, about the situation. So, I'm interested to see how this unfolds. Um, you got any thoughts on this? Um, I just find it funny. Um.
1: How Lars doesn't really have heat,
0: but Leo Rush does. Mm, yes. So do you do you want to get in the Leo Rush now or later? Because according to the uh, run sheet, if we want to be Vince McMahon, we can just change everything. But do you want to get into no, let, let's let's miss McMahon? I I really talk about that first.
1: L- listen. Um. Yeah, let's talk about Leo because it fits because I just I just think that Lars is kinda getting in the pass. Um and he might I mean it's it's just like um uh, what's the kid plays with Buffalo? Um Josh Allen uh gets drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Although while he was at the University of Wyoming, tweeted several homophobic racial slurs and you know, of course, he deletes the Twitter, and you know nobody nobody really brings that up. So, yeah. So Leo, Leo rushes heat. Let's talk um, about it. Man. I'm, I, I'm gonna get specific in my take, and then you can give the details. Uh, I just I find it very ironic. Um, although I'm I'm a surprise, but not surprised that. It seems as if, and and I actually, because my wife asked me, "What are you guys talking about on the podcast?" And I brought this up first because I find it funny that WWE is—they is, seem to want to try to get it about women, and then when you look at, you know, Finn Balor's Balor Club for Everyone campaign of inclusion, mm-hmm. um, you have a uh, Sonya Deville who's openly uh, lesbian, so 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 they've become very. Not just tolerant, but accepting of the
0: homosexual community, and that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but <laughs> like it reminds me but, of the episode of Seinfeld. And there's anything wrong with that? Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all gotta live, but
1: but but Leo Rush has heat because he understands that being a young professional. Black man is not a good look for him to carry bags mm-hmm. or carry water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't, and they don't get the optics on that, but but they, but they would get the optics if they like had Sonya Deville play a stereotypically like butch gay character, or they understand that it's 2019. You don't do Bron panties matches anymore.
0: You don't. Although Vince would probably love to.
1: So, you know, but they don't understand how they don't understand Leo's. It's like it's like it's so funny how not just in pro wrestling, but even in this country, how we're still so obtuse about race. It just it drives me crazy. Um yeah. So give give the details of it. Tell us what you know
0: about this whole Leo Rush. Thing. Uh, so I've been following this Leo Rush thing. I want to say for the past three weeks, every time we've done the podcast, I've meant to mention it, but I would just forget. I guess that's a good thing because every day a new development will come out. It initially started with heat with Leo Rush, him being pulled from all live shows or, or televised shows um, because presumably the, the original story was that he was bringing a lot of his he had his wife backstage which a lot of the WWE talent were saying that wasn't cool some reports say Finn Balor was one of the people that came and say hey maybe you shouldn't have your wife back here um, and then another report said that he was just having his entourage I want to say his crew, his group um, in the backstage area with him they were causing some ruckus Other developments came out that he did not want to carry the bags of set veterans in the WWE. Now, I found this really interesting, not just because of that, but Mark Henry had some comments to make about this. Um, And Mark Henry being African-American, having a long tenure. Um, in the WWE, <laughs> respectfully, respectfully, he retired a few years ago, a couple years ago. He talked about how when he first got into the business, he carried Yokozuna's bag, so it was a normal thing for the newer guys, the fresh meat, to carry bags. You know, kind of serve the veterans. Leo Rush presented the same opportunity, did not want to do it, um, and his idea is that I'm black. You know, I'm not carrying the bags for nobody right so that has been the latest spin on the Leo Rush story um, I don't know I agree with you and I agree with Leo's stance that hey um, the, I, I am not going to demean myself to carrying the bags of whoever it is because I'm black and the image just doesn't look right it doesn't sit right with me another report came out that um, Leo was presented with the contract. Gosh, I forgot the exact dollar amount, but he did- $300,000. $300, Leo wanted double. Now, there is speculation out there from the reports I've read that the average salary for, let's say, a Mojo Raleigh, <laughs> the lowest of the, the at the bottom of the totem pole, you will make. About I don't even think Mojo is a good example, but the average salary of a WWE wrestler uh, allegedly is around $600,000, maybe a few numbers. Maybe that's a little high, maybe a little bit below that, but that's around the average. Um, So Leo Rush was actually asking for what the average is. So some people can see why race is a major factor in this. A, I'm not carrying bags for nobody because I'm black and this was 2019, B, I want to be paid. And, and, and the argument can be made, Dante. The argument can be made by Leo that I am a, 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 a contributing factor to the product of WWE. Because if we break it down to bare bones, let's be honest, he has made Bobby Lashley bearable. Leo Rush was not... Leo Rush is a good wrestler, but I'm going to be honest, I enjoy him more as a mouthpiece for for... for I enjoy him more as a mouth. Period. Uh, I think he's done a I, lot with the development of, of Bobby Lashley. So, is this a race issue? Asking for what he felt was adequate pay, and those are the updates. That's the latest, and and nothing new has really come out. But that's the latest with the whole Leo Rush thing.
1: I can tell. I can
0: tell you this. I did. I did read. I want to say it was
1: Cage Side Scenes that part of his issue with his salary was that he wasn't really getting any of the royalties from some of the some of Bobby Lashley's merch specifically the merch that had some of the catchphrases that he was saying mm. and the, the truth is he was getting those catchphrases over um it's just, it's crazy um so I, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts this week i was listening to the Masked man show um, and, and David Shoemaker actually brought this thing up it's, it's almost like you can't really have a personality backstage because I mean we all know that Sasha Banks has had a reputation for having a quote unquote bad attitude um, same thing with Leo Rush But Leo is a guy who, in spite of his size, is extraordinarily self-confident. So is Sasha Banks. And and, and, and that self-confidence, for some reason, rubs some people backstage the wrong way. Um, But at the same time, if you've ever watched a wrestling documentary and you listen to the way... Shawn Michaels hit, would interact with yeah, yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon, or the way Triple H would interact with Vince McMahon, or even even today. So, I mean, let's not even talk about some of the crazy stuff you've heard about your boy Randy Orton. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and that's confidence, but when it's when it comes to Sasha and Leo Rush, it's Disrespect and I see I, there's one huge difference that I see between Randy, Sean, and Hunter, and Leo and Sasha, and that's that they're shorter than those three guys.
0: Oh, I, okay. I, that, is that you're gonna say they're shorter? I was gonna say they were black.
1: <laughs> you know what? That's the difference, too. Um, because, because the truth is, there was a period of time where what Leo was doing with Bobby Lashley, you want to talk about making chicken salad out of
0: chicken-ish? Oh, yes. Yes.
1: They were not really giving anything. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I enjoyed um, the matches that Leo had with Finn Balor on Raw. When, when it, it was uh, with with Finn and, and Bobby Lashley over the Intercontinental Championship, yeah, yeah. And Leo got and Leo got to work Finn, and Leo showed what he can do. He can work. Now I, I'll tell you, maybe maybe this will uh, be the um uh, old school deep cut match of the week. Um, I I follow. I've been following Leo Rush's career for a while. I want to say he was eighteen or nineteen years old. He was in Ring of Honor, but he had some fantastic matches with Jay Lethal in Ring of Honor. Um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I saw Leo Rush live with Ring of Honor the first time I went to World of the Worlds in um at the Odeon in uh Tinley Park. But uh, it's I'm just like you know, it, it's so fun. It, this, this is and this is. Specifically, what I mean when I talk about being obtuse when it comes to race, because you so Mark Henry comes out and says, "Well, you know, that's that's tradition, and you know that that's what you do to pay your dues." However, at the same time, the way we view women and what they're able to do. As far as being in main events and headlining WrestleMania, not just pay-per-views, but WrestleMania, and also being able to, um, being able to draw on their own pay-per-view, that shows time has changed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have you have a, a wrestler who can openly display her her sexuality, her, her sexual orientation specifically. On camera, and so in Sonya Deville, because times have changed. But a young black man says, No, it's not a good look for a young black professional to be carrying another dude's bags, like I'm Benson or like I'm Mr. Belvedere. Oh, no, but we got to stick with tradition. That's that's that that is an extraordinarily obtuse perspective,
0: contradictory, right? Contradictory, completely,
1: completely. Um, So let's let's kayfabe it up a little bit. Enough of it. Enough of this real stuff when it comes to (laughs) pro wrestling. Um. So so what did you think of the uh of the um Dean Ambrose Twitter teaser?
0: So I'm gonna be honest, and people may crucify me for this, but pre um, call up, not not even NXT, because you know I'm not. I haven't been an avid NXT watcher. Uh I, I have now for the past maybe let's say two years. You know. Flirting with NXT, watching some specials here and there. Um so when pre you know Dean Ambrose and you know John Moxley, I was not too aware. I do know that John Moxley was somebody who liked to bleed, who considered himself I would consider, you know, Cactus Jack meets um uh Terry Funk kind of esque character. I know that some mm-hmm. of Dean's um, gripes were that he wasn't able to do that on the, on the call up, you know. Um, understanding the character of John Moxley, this real lunatic fringe, um, I kind of got excited. You know, I think the past few years, we've seen a dummying down of, of Dean Ambrose. And when Dean first came into his own with the Shield, mm-hmm. and when the Shield broke up, when Dean won that World Heavyweight Championship. was excited i liked the character of dean ambrose then i just feel like he was one of those guys and there's a lot of them wwe just doesn't know what to do with them um (laughs) and and i think that the character and the guy was a worker right the character had all the potential in the world you know they just didn't know what to do with them i think they realized too late that oh we can if we're gonna reach, because WWE loves to reach back in time and kind of recycle. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna butt in. Okay, go I'm ahead. I'm watching. I'm watching Ko
1: walk the aisle here on SmackDown, and I must say, um, he has dropped some kilos. It's got to be kilos because he's Canadian. You know, Canadians use the metric system. exactly um, But I'm like Ko's looking a little svelte.
0: Continue. Um, so I think they realized too late what to do with him and they made him kind of a Stone Cold esque character, but by then it was too late. Um, so I was excited, I was excited to see it. Looks like Dean getting into what he wants to do, being who he wants to be, uh, and having fun. It looks like this exit from WWE is real. That's not yeah. a, that's not it's not kayfabe, That's not a joke, it's not. A part of the um script is real and i even read somewhere that he has his first um post wwe booking coming up so i'm excited for it i'm excited to see what he does um given i think he has more celebrity now and i think it's going to be pretty awesome
1: so just much like you i did not watch very much of uh john uh, uh, john moxley on the indies um I remember when I first saw him in. Oh my goodness. Actually, the first time I saw him, I was on YouTube years ago. um, And I stumbled onto some old FCW stuff. Now, if you don't know what FCW is, Florida Championship Wrestling. Championship Wrestling. FCW was NXT before NXT. Okay. Um, and I stumbled on a match between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, uh, and when I watched that, I said, "I know who Seth Rollins was because I've been I've been following Seth Rollins since he was Tyler Black in Ring of Honor." Um, and and so go, go out of your way. I want to say somewhere on the internet there may be a Tyler Black versus Adam Cole match. You might want to you might want that match in your life. Um, but I'm not, I, but I don't. So, uh, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose was in Ring of Honor for a cup of coffee. He wasn't there very long when he got when he signed with WWE. I agree with everything you said. Dean Ambrose, the the lunatic fringe character in WWE, I would say, very very simply, that character is about twenty years late. Mm. Yeah. The character is an Attitude Era character. Because his heel turn didn't work for a simple reason. What he did and when he did it in professional wrestling, that always leads to a blood feud. But they oh, don't bleed on them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so I went back and... Um, there's an independent promotion called Combat Zone Wrestling, CZ, uh, CZW. He was known as the king of the Deathmatch. That was his thing. So, and I've never been a huge Dean fan. And I, and I think it is as much the creative. They didn't really know what, how to shape this character. Yeah. The biggest mistake they made, in my opinion, was trying to develop a lunatic fringe persona in a PG world. That was the biggest mistake for Dean Ambrose. Because I agree, and I've never been, I, I like S.H.I.E.L.D. Dean Ambrose. He was the mouthpiece of the S.H.I.E.L.D. If, if you remember those boiler room vignettes,
0: yeah. Dean
1: Ambrose did most of the promo. He did most of the promo and he was great. He was a great promo. And he worked well in the S.H.I.E.L.D. And then when they broke up, I'm going to give you a count for Dean Ambrose, in my opinion. That's Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's character needs to always work on top. Because I actually, I really enjoy Leather Jacket. I keep leaving the WWE Championship all over the place. I love that Dean Ambrose. He fit being WWE Champion. And he was good enough in the ring to work the main event match. And let's just be honest. Babyface Dean Ambrose is WWE champion on SmackDown. I mean, the crowd popped hard for him. Yeah. But but the lunatic fringe, he wasn't a lunatic. He was just
0: silly. He was silly. There there was
1: nothing threatening. You know what he
0: reminded me of? You know what he reminded me of? Remember in 99, thousand, two thousand one, 2001, Austin, I think, was just kind of high on painkillers. And he gets... And it was enjoyable, but it was like a, a, a smoke and mirror of what we were used to. He started playing the, the guitar, wore cowboy hats, and he had this thing going on with Vince and Kurt Angle. He just got really silly. He, he, was got, so fun. he got really silly, though. And it kind of tainted, it tainted that, that villain of who Stone Cold, which is why we all fell in love. You know, King of the Ring. Austin 316 uh, says, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, though. And that's why I'm going to disagree with you. Okay.
1: Because that specific instance, go back and you remember Steve, that silly Steve, number one, Steve really couldn't work. I mean, he was he was hurt. He really couldn't work. But also, I think the big thing was, and, and the reason I'm going to disagree with you is because if you remember, that was the WrestleMania he turned heel. When Vince came to the ring, and he shook Vince's hand, they tried the whole two-man power ship trip with uh with Triple H. And then Triple H blew out his other quad. <laughs> so I, and, and that was the, the failed invasion. And uh Stone Cold was leading WCW. He was supposed to be a backup, but the people weren't having it. So he just turned it on his head and got silly with it, and it worked. It it did, but Here, it, it, here's it... the and this is why I'm disagreeing with you. Because the lunatic fringe didn't work. It didn't work. It's true. He was. He was, he was, he was not. When, when I think of a lunatic, okay. When I think of a lunatic, and a guy. And when you talk about, so he's the lunatic fringe. So on the fringe of being a lunatic he's being a sociopath.
0: You never know what he's going to so, do.
1: Exactly. He's un unpre- He's unpredictable. He'll throw himself around, like like. Uh, the uh, the uh, the the cactus clothesline, where he goes over the ring with his opponent. Yeah, the you know cactus Jack's elbow from the apron, where he elbows you onto the onto the outside, and and he started doing that move when when, when Cowboy Bill Watts was in charge of WCW, and he took the mats so up. He's doing an elbow on concrete, um, or probably cat. Uh, you know Foley's probably most famous bump. Is the bump that he would take over the steel stairs? Yeah, you know, Dean was never that giving with his body, and neither should he have been. But also, he was he wasn't unpredictable. He was just silly. Yeah. So, so he was he was never really allowed. And once again, when when you talk about him being on the fringe of lunacy, of being a lunatic, the other side of that is being a sociopath. So you never saw that. Like Dean and, and, and it's all about booking. And I'm not gonna go off on a tangent of how of how uh, Drew McIntyre is being booked like a babyface, but it sits. It's all about it's all about how you're booked. And Dean was always booked fighting underneath. So so you have a guy who's supposed to be a lunatic, supposed to be unpredictable, supposed to be a sociopath. You know, supposed to want to do anything to get a win, but you're booking him to come from underneath and make a comeback and win. You're booking him as a babyface, yeah. And then when you turn him heel, and then you have the blow off match with Seth Rollins, it's not this brawly blood feud. It's a very sound, very good technical match. I'm like, okay, y'all just you lost me. You lost me. And so, so if if I were Dean, I probably would have left too. Um but to go back to the original question, i I was I'm I was intrigued. I'm um, I'm curious to see he's gonna go to AEW because everyone's going to AEW. Everybody. I'm going to AEW. <laughs> I'm
0: going to AEW.
1: I'm going to AEW. I'm gonna be a manager for AEW. Go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh I'm gonna do commentary next to JR. He'll take care of it. Everyone's going to AEW.
0: Everybody um, is. That is true. <laughs>
1: So, so just a, just a nerdy a wrestling nerdy FYI, um, I actually think Dean would do well in um, I want to say zero one. That is um, the great Nuda Kenji Muto's promotion in Japan, uh, where it's a lot it's, it's a bit more edgy. Um, I think he would do well in a promotion like he would actually do well in New Japan. Um, I, I
0: think so too. I think so too. He's
1: great, great in Japan because. They're not, they, they don't bleed often, but it's, it's extraordinarily stiff, extraordinarily physical. Um, so so as we're talking about kind of new changes, a repackaging of guys, so your thoughts on the Firefly Funhouse? Like it or not?
0: I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the reimagining of the Bray Wyatt character. Um, and Bray, and we talked about this last week, I won't spend too much time on the path, Bray. When he first came out, loved it. I think once he had his feud with Randy, it went down. Then once he linked up with Matt, to me, it really went down. Um, I will forever remember the image of Bray Wyatt trying to run over Matt Hardy with a lawnmower. (laughs) It's the dumbest thing to me. The dumbest thing to me. Um, So I think that Bray needed this. And you know, creative in WWE, they're not doing a lot of things right at the moment. But this is one thing they are doing correct to the T. It's enjoyable. They're letting Bray really like death of puppets, um, and I'm loving it. I'm loving the double entendres. I'm I'm loving I'm loving every bit of it. This now now here's my concern. Here's my concern. I don't want mm-hmm. them to f I don't want them to F this up. I don't want them to mess this up. As you can tell, listening audience, I'm the more edgier preacher, okay? I use explicit letters, not the real word word. <laughs> I don't want them to F this up with Bray. I'm excited. People are excited. I think that the majority of the five people who watch Raw because the ratings suck. I think the majority of the five people who are watching it. We're watching it to see Bray in the Firefly Funhouse. The Firefly the Firefly Funhouse. Say that fire. Say times. that fire. Yes. Right. I just <laughs> I don't I don't want them to ruin this, you know? That's and that's it. I'm excited about it though. I'm excited about it too.
1: I am Bray is I feel like they should. Tell Bray. Look at look at NXT, look at SmackDown, look at Raw. Take a peek at Evolve. Bro, just take fifteen any fifteen guys that we're not really using and we're gonna give you Oh yeah one or two writers. Yeah. And we'll we'll give you we'll give you full sale and do just produce an hour of TV for us. Bray because Bray has a lot of influence on the character. Man, Gray is, he, he is much like his dad, uh, IRS. Um, just to show you how old I am, I, I go back to the varsity club with Mike Rotundo, Kevin Sullivan, and the Steiner brothers. Um, they were all, they they were all collegiate wrestlers. So, um, Just like his uncle Barry Wyndham, that's why Bray Wyatt's real name is Wyndham Rotunda. Um, he has such a mind mm. for the business. And if he left and, and went to AW, because everybody's going to AW, everybody. I like, went up with Cody because Cody's got a great like. And, and I don't I don't want to take anything away from Cody in the ring cuz he's phenomenal in the ring. But I think maybe even more so than, than Dustin I feel like Cody got the brains for the business. I think I think Dustin kind of got the in ring charisma from Dusty, but Cody got the brains. And and Bray Wyatt's got the brains. I love the fun house and I love it for its subtlety mm. because that's the same guy who led the Wyatt family and we'll talk about Sister
0: Abigail it's the same guy but and, and, and we're able to see like we can still see the eater of worlds you, you, you know what I mean like we can still see the glimpses of the great brave with this new Bray, and that's what works so good. Like if, if they would have brought Bray back as an Undertaker esque character or the book, you know, it wouldn't have worked because there's so no, many dimensions. So I, I, probably, I, see, I think what what they're doing,
1: what they're doing is they're they're setting up, they're they they're setting up this, um, this co- this conflict because Bray's trying to change. So mm-hmm. instead of having the cabin where Sister Abigail's body's buried under the cabin, it's the Firefly Funhouse. Mm-hmm. And he's painting, and he has a red beret, and he's got a Blue's Clues of Jace sweater on. Um, but the word of the day is sociopath. I
0: love it. I love, it. I
1: love um, it. And I love it he'll go down a tone at the end, because he's trying to get rid of the old brain, But the old there's still hints of the old bray. I'm so... What what I am most intrigued by, and what I want to see, how is this going to translate in the ring? Mm-hmm. Like like, is, is, are we going to see this conflict in the ring where the old Bray would just completely like like throw a guy on the on the announce table and dump it on him, and you know, or, or will he just go for a hip toss? And will you see this conflict? I I am I am I'm I'm in. So you mentioned, so you mentioned um, WWE's creative and how bad it is. I have a theory as I as I watch uh, Roman and the recycled Daniel Bryan here on Raw with
0: Vince McMahon because they're desperate for ratings. You do. Um, I'm, I'm, can I give you a spoiler alert? No. Okay, I will
1: Don't do it. Uh, And
0: here comes Kofi. This is so stupid. This whole whole concept is so stupid.
1: But I have a theory. Here's my theory about about why the creative is so bad. They're trying to figure out what this is going to look like in the fall. Mm -hmm. I agree. So this this is WWE working the Kings out because, so apparently, Vince wants to keep the brands separate. And then, then I'm gonna buck the territory and I'm gonna I'm gonna help Vince. So, so so all Congress of the Square Circle let Vince know that I said this and he can come and he I'm not even a greedy man. I give me give me a one time fee of ten grand, I'll let him know everything and everything will work perfectly. But they're trying to work the tanks out because apparently Fox wants an edgier story centric product and USA is like I don't care what you do because y'all still the highest rate of show on our network and so thank you uh, and, uh, and allegedly Fox wants a third hour but now USA is kind of like we're not making the money on the third hour that we used to um, and Fox wants to see storyline bleed from raw into through SmackDown yeah. in a circular motion. Which is why we get this this stupid wild card thing. But they don't need a wild card. This is what they need to do. Kofi Kingston or whomever the WWE champion is needs to wrestle Seth Rollins or whoever the WWE champion is at SummerSlam. And they need to unify the championship. And you need to have one champion go from Raw to SmackDown. Samoa Joe and Finn Balor need to wrestle. And they need to decide, since we're WWE, we'll keep the Intercontinental Champion. And we will, we will do away with the, US, the United States Championship. They need to have your titles. You need to have one champion. And that way, your champions float shows. So now your creative is just for the guys who so are exclusive to the brands, which you, so you're gonna put the championships on your stars because Fox is like, we paid y'all a lot of money. We want stars on our show. I know you just put Roman on SmackDown. You say like, we want to see Roman on Mondays. How do you see Roman on Mondays and how you see Roman on probably Fridays, which I also think is a mistake. Um, you put the strap on Roman. And half float shows. You want to see Finn Balor on both shows? Keep the strap on you. Whatever you want to do. But that's how you solve. That's, that's how you solve that problem. And they're, they're trying to figure out how that's how it's gonna work. But that's how it works. That's how it works. And wow, Kofi is taller than I thought, because he's like shoulder to shoulder walking. that's not that's a different angle. He's almost as tall as Roman. Roman's gotta be at least six three ish. That's a big boy. Huh. Uh, uh, oh yeah, Raw. I like that. I like that t-shirt too. That t-shirt is cold. But I but yeah, I saw so, so I think they're they're trying to figure out what this is gonna look like. And now the networks are like, well, I some of the stars on SmackDown, I would love to see them on Raw. And Fox is like, well, some of the stars on Raw we'd like to see on SmackDown. So, I think, I think you just have a, your champions float. Or you have one WWE champion and you have your Intercontinental. And you speaking of being booked like a babyface, here comes the Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre, with his uh, I'm a Dominatrix, mm-hmm. then uh, uh, coat on. I hate that thing. That's the only thing about, about his, and he's not wrestling. He didn't didn't have, he he wore that to the ring. He wore that to the arena. He didn't have blue jeans or something on. Um, But, or if you don't do that, you have WWE champion, WWE women's champion, WWE tag team champions, and of course the WWE women's tag champions. And then you have your intercontinental and your U.S. championships be the primary championships for those brands. So, when, if, if, if the WWE champion is entangled in the storyline on Raw, that U.S. champion carries SmackDown, and vice versa. So, if the WWE champion is tangled in a in a feud on SmackDown, then your Intercontinental champion carries Raw. But they they're going to have to figure out something because, like I said last week, they've got way too much in-ring talent to not be able to tell this one.
0: Your take, sir. Uh, listen, I agree with everything you said. I think unification is good, especially – I think unification comes in two, two spaces, right? I think you should do it when somebody's really hot and you want to make them hotter, i.e. when Chris Jericho unified the championships. I think that was a good move. Um, he, was, he was white hot. And which other way to make him hotter – and then slap both championships. So I think that it works there. And I think that it works when you have um when your roster is too deep. I think that, especially with this move to Fox, it just makes sense. It because now, because what the hell is a wild card if we're gonna change the rules every freaking week? So Vince McMahon, you're watching you're watching SmackDown, right? I'm watching it Raw right now. Okay, so you, you're past this point. The opening of Raw, Vince McMahon makes this grand revelation: We're gonna have champions now. Uh, we're not champions. We're gonna have the rosters from SmackDown. Three. It's gonna be three. Uno, dos. I love the way Vince McMahon thinks. It just makes me understand that I'm not insane. Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> it's gonna be three. Okay. Then Lars Sullivan gives him some weird look. You know, oh, it's gonna be four now. Okay. So, so later on in the show, he's gonna say four people from SmackDown can't come over to Raw. So when you watch SmackDown, you will see that happens. Um, but later on in Raw, um, AJ Styles is like, "Well, I think I just take three of my friends and go over to um, um, SmackDown. No, you can't do that. What the, the freaking? You just made the freaking rule. He can't do it." <laughs> so it's like Why not? It's, what are you doing man what, you're confusing everybody you're, I just, I just, I just to
1: look AJ Styles gave Drew back a tie I love AJ because AJ's like 5'9 but he don't care I love it he's know, hilarious
0: it confuses everybody so if you're not going to stick to this yeah. wild card rule don't do it and it's clearly it's clearly because Fox is demanding more and you want to be able to bring that star power over to Fox and, and this am is, I saying? And, and this is why, oh, not not to cut you off, but th- this is why, oh, this is why I think I'm gonna enjoy AEW storytelling better because AEW AEW is not real. What what's um, not real? It's, it's not AEW is not real. Okay, okay. So let's 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 act like this is post the launch of AEW. Okay, we can we can pretend. Um, AEW Chick Fil A. WWE is McDonald's. When, when you are, when you have multiple sites, multiple locations, when you have multiple channels that you're on, the demand is stronger. When you've got investors, the demand, the more responsibility, more people you have to appease to, which means the product will suffer. Same thing with McDonald's. The product suffers. There are over 99 billion served, yeah, but the product suffers. Chick-fil-A is good no matter where you go. Because there ain't that many of them. <laughs> you know? The same thing with WWE. Dude, you've got NXT, you've got SmackDown, you've got Raw. You've got 205 Live. You've got mixed tag team matches on Facebook Live. You got YouTube shows. You got so much you're trying, you've got investors because you're a publicly traded company. The quality of the show has diminished. You know? And, and this is what this Fox move is doing. And I'm really concerned about it. I'm concerned. I think the matches are going to be good. I don't think you should be
1: concerned. I don't think you should be concerned. I'm I'm glad you brought up that comp between Chick-fil-A and and McDonald's Uh, because here's why I will slightly disagree. Chick-fil-A and McDonald's occupy their own universe because there's a simple question that you ask yourself when you see McDonald's on one side of the street and Chick-fil-A on the other side of the street. What if I want a burger? You ain't going to Chick-fil-A, brother. You're going to McDonald's. So I think AEW AEW will, will cater to a specific demographic. But if I want a burger, if I want um, a mocha latte. If I want something other than a chicken-based product,
0: I'm going to McDonald's. But they don't do them well, okay, though,
1: Dante. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. For value, there are some chicken products that McDonald's does fairly well. Ie, if I want if I want to see indie adjacent sort of wrestling with decent storylines, I can just watch NXT every day. And, I'm not, and, and, I, and look, once again, AEW is not real because they don't have television. So, so that so this, this is this is all freestyle and fantasy booking because I, I don't see a scenario where AEW. First of all, I, I don't see a scenario where AEW competes with the WWE. No one's going to compete with the WWE. Which leads me to the last question. So, are you a WWE fan?
0: Or are you a wrestling fan? Um, I'm a wrestling fan. And it just so happens that my wrestling, my romantic relationship with wrestling has only been with WWE. Ah. Uh, you know, growing up, and you've heard the story, growing up, mm-hmm. there was WCW, And WWE. I, to me, to me, the WCW roster was so fantasized. Uh, You you can make the same argument as it relates to WWE, but WWE seemed more real. You know, like real life. Like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Austin, The Rock, Ahmed Johnson, Bader, these are Farouk. You know, these are people. I felt like I even now, Randy Orton. You know, Kevin Nash. You know, these, these are people. Well just, well, just just
1: FYI, you mentioned you mentioned Farouk, aka Ron Simmons. He he came from WCW.
0: He did. He did, Vegas, he did. He did, he did. Who, who, WCW. Hey, you mentioned Kevin Nash. Who they they okay they they are a lot. Let's say sixty percent of the roster of WWE was at one point on WCW. Um, well, see, but. It, But again, it was more real to me. WWE, like, I could relate to the idea of Shawn Michaels winning his boyhood dream or having the boyhood dream of being the World Heavyweight Champion. What I could not relate to was the RoboCop tearing down a steel cage.
1: That was so awful.
0: I couldn't. I couldn't get with that. Um, Sting was cool to me just not never one of my favorite characters because, again, I'm not a character-driven guy. I'm a reality-based. You know, my favorite wrestler is wrestle by... We know Shawn Michaels' real name isn't Shawn Michaels. It's Michael Higginbott. It's, it's terrible name. But Shawn Michaels sounds like somewhat of a real name, <laughs> as opposed to Goldberg. Like he, It just doesn't... I like real... That's, uh, just, that's his last name, though. Okay. Bill, Bill Goldberg... Just the last,
1: true, no, no, true, no, I, true.
0: I understand what you're saying.
1: Mm. I, think, I think that so, kind of um, thinking about what you said about when you started watching wrestling. So, when, when, I, watched, when, I, when I started watching, it was kind of the telling of the territories. Um, so, I want to say, I'm talking mid 80s, some of my earliest kind of scattered memories of wrestling. You're talking maybe like 85, 86, somewhere in there. So um, growing up without cable for a very long time, of course, it it was just the the hour-long syndicated show. So WWF at the time was superstars. Um, The NWA slash WCW produced two shows. They produced the uh, WCW Pro, which came on WGN, and then Worldwide Wrestling. And then you could catch, um, you can catch world class championship wrestling on old WG, WGBO channel sixty six before it became a Spanish channel. But the one thing I can say, and I agree with you, um, but I my counter argument would be that WWE became reality based when WCW did it first.
0: Mm. Okay, example.
1: NWO. Just subtle. The NWO, although most will tell you it came from an All Japan, New Japan invasion angle, that was a great invasion angle. You use Razor Ramones and Diesel's cartoonish characters, their real names. And you had real tension I remember when the world found out that Eric Bischoff was NWO. Now, RoboCop, you're talking early nineties, and I would say from 89 to about maybe 92 or 93, those years, the business was down everywhere. Um, And that was Vince McMahon's steroid truck. Because keep something in mind. When you talk about the era in wrestling, uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy was a character in the WWE. The Mastodon was a character. <laughs> and, and, and conversely, Arachna Man was a character in WCW. But, uh, but
0: I would say, just because of your age, probably your heyday was the Monday Night Wars. No, no, no. Um, Monday Night Wars was like my second phase of wrestling. I started watching wrestling as early as I can remember, nineteen ninety-three. So we're talking Montreal yeah. Screwjob. Um, we're talking that's, that's, that, well, that, that's ninety-six. That will be the heels of the Monday Night War. Okay, so we're talking yeah. even even before that. Like I remember, I remember the first PSA of Degeneration X: Ricardu, <laughs> China, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. I remember. Um, yeah. I, I remember. Yoko, Shawn Michaels going against Yoko Zuna. Like I remember these. I remember the Nation of Domination, which I think yeah. was was that Monday Night Wars. Um, Nod Nation of Domination. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say
1: I would say the Monday Night Wars started, in my opinion, when uh, when Monday Nitro came on Monday night. The first at first episode. That was the first shot. The second shot, and this was 94 as well, the second shot was Hogan joining WCW. And then the third shot was the
0: NWO. Now, granted, and and so in retrospect, I also remember Monday Nitro. I remember... um, Mm -hmm. What what was that Thursday night show? Um, Thunder. I remember Uh, because my cousin who introduced me to wrestling, who... Pop my wrestling love cherries <laughs> um, as as little uh, no as as kids. He was a WCW fan and WWF. Uh, yeah. So whenever I went to his house, it was like, dude, I'm not watching WCW, and it was by choice. You know I so I remember I remember images of WCW. It just you know some people are no, Apple, I mean, yeah. some people are Apple, some people are Android. I I just wasn't a WCW guy. But and see,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't. I consider myself a wrestling fan. Like I think of myself now, like I watch WWE, and I watch and I watch a, a fairly. I watch ninety percent of their product. I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown. You know how I feel about NXT. Yeah. Um, I kind of started binge watching WWE UK, um, but then I also I started I started rewatching Impact Wrestling. I started I listened to JR and, and some and some other podcasts that I listened to. Say good stuff about impact and listen. It is it is not the impact um, or the TNA from you know two thousand five two thousand six is, is not Spike TV. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they you can tell they're trying to rebuild, but what they do in rings phenomenal. I mean, I I under, I kind of know why WWE hasn't signed a guy like Brian Cage because they've got twenty guys that look like it.
0: But his, his
1: I'm looking forward to watching his championship match against uh, Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Um, Johnny Mundo, B.K.A. John Morrison. That no, Morrison
0: was
1: my uh, guy. Now, like Greg. As I like to call him, when he was in WWE, Mr. No Pop. Look, uh-huh. I will never forget. I think I went to Judgment Day 2000. <sighs> See, I started pastoring... I got ordained in two thousand and seven. So I wanna say I wanna say it was judgment day two thousand eight at the Allstate. It was like it was like such a wrestling run for me. I I literally went to the pay-per-view, caught a red eye to a conference that I had to go to, a pastor's conference that I went to in Mississippi that night. It was like so awesome. But um in fact like I like preached that day, went to the pay-per-view, got on the plane, went to Mississippi. But um I remember John 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 Morrison coming out and like there was no reaction whatsoever, but he's really improved his game. He's a great heel. Is he? I love. I uh, love John. But Wilson. but I do. I, 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 I watch Impact, and in fact, I want to. I want to give you some homework um, because, of course, I also watch New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, you you need to go out of your way to uh watch that Jay White Okada match. Okay. Uh, that match was fantastic. Uh, a. They had Madison Square Garden packed. It was packed, and they always up the game on their production when they do shows in the states. That was a that was a fantastic. Oh my gosh, Man, Okada is so good, and Jay White. As I go off on this tangent, Jay White isn't quite. He hasn't found himself in the yeah. Switchblade character, but when he does, I remember. When Jay White, see, once again, and this is why I think, this is why I would consider myself a wrestler fan, because I remember when Jay White first came to the States and wrestled in Ring of Honor. Also, I saw him at War of the Worlds when I went a couple years ago. Um, big New Zealand kid, athletic, and he didn't work because he was trying to be a babyface, and that didn't work. And now he's embraced this Switchblade character, um, uh, Blade Runner finish is the uh, is the sister Abigail of Jace, but when he finds it, and he's he's like he's like twenty five or twenty six, he's young. When
0: he finds really his niche in that switchblade character, oh my goodness, he's gonna be something. Else. Well, see, you, it's funny you mentioned Impact, right? TNA. This is why I consider uh, my, this is why I consider myself a wrestling fan. I knew guys Jay Lethal, I knew AJ Styles before he came over. To, you know because I watched. TNA, it, 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 not just because they had the Kurt Angles and the Hogan's and the 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 stars, the legends of yesteryear from WWE, but they had yeah. some. They had got Bobby Roode, like they had guys who I really Bobby Roode is probably one of my favorite guys coming over from Impact. Yeah. I just I loved him. I loved his his character. I mean, was talking hero. about just how poorly they're using him. Jeez. Well he, he's, a, he's the he's new Rick Rue. Let's give him a thick mustache and make him Rick Rue. That's what they're doing. Literally, that's and what that, they're doing. And that's wrong. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's so wrong. It's, not how you, it's
1: wrong.
0: Oh, but I, I, and, I love good wrestling. And, and so and now with social media, you know, five years ago, I really got into the indie scene. You know, and I'm thankful that I'm thankful for the CM Punk's. Because they opened up my eyes to there's a whole nother world out there of of guys, girls, who are really like uh, Blanchard's daughter. Do I sh- cannot wait. Tessa I don't know if she's gonna make the move, the jump Tw- to WWE.
1: Well, she was in the she was in the um she was in the May Young Classic last year. Was she? I think so. She was. A, I, I don't. I don't think she was in both. I don't think she was in both. But I think she was in the first one. I do not quite remember. It's so. But but I am. Um, it's so funny that you bring up that you brought up CM Punk. Um. Because I have I have a crazy um, CM Punk story that I that I've never told you. You met him? Uh, I didn't. I've never met him. But the first time I saw CM Punk, he was wrestling for IWA Mid South, and my friend and I, because um, where I went to school was about maybe a 15, 20 minute drive from Danville, Illinois, on a uh, seventy four, going west, and it was Sunday, and it didn't serve alcohol. Um, uh, I wouldn't save my whole life, y'all. Um, uh, they didn't serve alcohol in Indiana when I was in college. So this was this is my senior year, and um, we were gonna go to this bar that we would go to if we wanted if we wanted to drink on Sundays, and it was just so it was across from either an American Legion or a National Guard Army. I don't remember what it was. And it, it said wrestling tickets five dollars. Um, and in parentheses it said, "And yes, we have beer." So we went, and I saw two guys who didn't really look like wrestlers have one of the best matches that I've ever seen in person. Wow. And it was a, it was this stringy blonde-haired kid with these baggy shorts named CM Punk, and he wrestled this. Like, love child of like Cactus Jack and Barry Wyndham named Chris Hero. Mm. Um, and they wrestled for about 40 minutes. Um, and it was a ridiculous, ridiculous match. Um, I, 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 the one thing that YouTube and the internet and social media kind of brought me, because I've never really been huge, huge in the Indies. Definitely, my indie experience is primarily Ring of Honor. Mm. Um, but one thing that social media um, has has done for me um, is really got me into the European scene, like to and watching stuff like What Culture Pro and a lot of the Indies in the UK. That's kind of been the that was that's like that's like. That's like me 25 years ago tape trading and watching like Tatsumi Fujinami and uh, Masahiro Chono and Nuda and Liger and all those legendary Japanese guys on VHS in like the early 90s. So like YouTube was like the modern version because I watched I um, I heard about Cody's list when he left WWE yeah. and I went on YouTube and watched every match on the list, and a couple of those matches happened in the U.K. So, um, so, so, yeah, I, I definitely consider myself a wrestling fan. All
0: right, man. We are- primarily. I'm sorry. Pri-
1: and that's primarily because um, the way I watched as a kid was the way I've always enjoyed watching. And wrestling kind of sucked for me when Vince bought WCW. Yeah, because it really because for me, I watch superstars and I watch worldwide and I watch world class and I will watch Mid Atlantic when I can catch And I remember uh, like eighth and ninth grade on WJYS. Um, at that time, I had cable, so it was channel thirty one. But if you didn't, it was channel sixty two. The ECW every now and then would come on and it would be a nice little hour show. I enjoy watching like that. So I, I loved it. What got me in the TNA was Raven. Hmm. Uh, oh, oh, oh. So, because
0: I was a Raven. Did you, so, did you hear my Raven, uh, my Raven intro? Oh, 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 oh. I
1: did. I did. Hey, his,
0: his His song. Um, oh, no, I'm going um, to stop. That, I'm going to stop. I'm trying <laughs> to album it.
1: Oh, what's the name? Of, what's the name of that that WWF album? Because his theme is one of the best things on there. So, um, well, we we we've run sixty-seven minutes, which which is short for us. <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> so tell, tell everybody where they can find.
0: us. Listen, you. man, you can find us. Um, you can find me on um, Instagram, Facebook, the Twitter uh, at Desmond Alleshea. D E Z I M O N. A-L-I-C-E-A. Throw it to my tag team partner. Uh, the more you know. <laughs> Throw it to my tag team partner, Dante. Where can they find you, man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well, at DDP. You can find us.
1: Listen, if, if you got a question, um, if, if, if you got a hot take, email us, preachersandpinfalls at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at preachersandpinfalls on Facebook. Uh, And if I did not say it already, you can find me on Twitter at Pastor DDP. So, uh, ladies, gentlemen, uh, brothers and sisters of the Squared Circle, as always, a shout out to now Hall of Famer S.D. Jones. If all hearts and minds are clear, that is the benediction until next week.